Welcome to One Tired Teacher, or should I say Two Tired Teachers, episode 179, What is So Wrong with Clip Charts in the Classroom? Oh, this is a controversial topic, and Lee and I have different opinions, and this is one of those episodes where you're going to hear multiple sides of things. And if you are using clip charts and you're thinking, wait a minute, I don't want to be shamed, you're not being shamed. We both use them. We both have feelings about that. We've also learned, you know, new information and things that we've noticed. So keep that in mind and let's talk about clip charts. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so we're back. We are two tired teachers and we're back to talk about kind of a controversial topic. And that is, it is what controversial. Is, yeah, what is so wrong with clip charts? Oh. I feel like clip charts are like a bad word it does in the education field. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, the thing is, is that we say these things, but then we don't give teachers alternatives and they, and they think, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to say a little, and then I'm going to let you say a little, I want to say a little bit about like my history with clip charts. So. I have had a clip chart in my classroom and mm-hmm. for years it worked oh, yeah. for me. And what I did differently when I started to learn that this may not be the best thing for kids, I made it very fluid. So kids could always, if they moved yes. down, they could always move back up. I also, I looked for things that they that they did well right away. As soon as I moved them down, I paid attention to even if they did things, especially if they were kids that had really severe behavior, I looked yeah. for anything they did right because I knew they needed to taste success. So even if they got their pencil out and they were ready for their um for their next assignment, I'm like, "Oh, you're like look what a great job you've done doing that. You you yeah, following directions quickly." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> following directions quickly. Move back up. And because I didn't want them especially those kids that are constantly feeling like there's no way for them to recover. I think that that's the biggest complaint about clip charts is that it's just basically the good kids always stay on green and the bad kids are the only ones that ever move down. And And you're right. And it feels like you, if you, if kids feel like they can't recover, you're done. They're Mm -hmm. done. You're done. You, you basically have screwed yourself and, and, Child. So it's so, and then, so as I became a student support specialist, I realized how damaging it can be. I saw it from the eyes of the student. I worked with a yeah. student that was on the autism spectrum and it was like, you might as well have been ripping his toenails out when you moved that Aww. clip down. It was awful. I cried with him once because he was so upset that he had had to move his, his clip down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not the impact that I was thinking I was having on students. And so I, I realized like, okay, this is really upsetting. And kids that have anxiety, which are a lot of our kids, especially yes. after we've gone through a, pan, a pandemic, they 
get really anxious thinking that they might be moved. And sometimes the really, really good kids that sometimes do make mistakes because we all do. It's like devastating for them. Like it's their whole yeah. conversation on their way home from school. It's nothing about what they learned or did or any of the memories they made. It's all about the stinking clip chart. Yeah. All right. So I said, said my, I actually one more thing. <laughs> and that is, I think the most important thing that you can do in replace of that. I think like, well, I think okay, so we're going to, yeah. Yeah. Let's bring that towards the end. Cause that's, okay. I think that'll be perfect too. All right. Okay. So now you talk about it. Okay. So experience with clip chart. Actually, that was like my favorite classroom management tool. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, but um, I ran my clip chart exactly how you did yours. Very fluid and very generous. Like if you were on red, you were never on red the whole day. Like I literally, oh, you looked, you glanced my way when I called your name. Move your clip up. I was very generous. But I, I'm, I know later in my career, I realized like that just was not best practice. And a clip chart doesn't work for every class and it doesn't work for every student. So if a student really was struggling with being on clip chart, I had no problem removing them and doing something different. But to me, a clip chart was an easy way to implement classroom like expectations and having a tool to kind of manage those. And I know a lot of people criticize a clip chart because they're like, it's not like real life. You're right. But a classroom is not real life. It's a classroom. In what world are 25 first graders put together? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're you know? right. And and with my clip chart, I had natural consequences that were attached to those that made sense. And we did a lot of like restorative justice. We're like, if you make a mess, we're going to clean it up. Mm-hmm. If you hurt someone's feelings, we're going to apologize. So there, there was other things at play with it. It wasn't just the clip chart. But I will say, like when I taught third grade, um, I had brought my clip chart up from second. And I thought we're going to use it here. It's going to work in third. And that blew up in my face real quick. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you at, in that moment, I didn't know what else to do. And I feel like a lot of teachers are like, all right, so we know maybe clip charts are not the best for kids, but what other alternatives are there? And I think that's really where we yeah. need to like yes. bring in what, like, what, what are some things do? that we can do that are better when developmentally appropriate for kids that, you know, kids feel successful on that also manages classroom behavior in a way we want to have these positive, healthy, happy cultures and communities. And that, I think that's, I think the first key is to be proactive. Like you want to set routines and procedures and you want to practice them to death until it yeah. looks exactly the way that you want it to look. And, and, and when you create those things, like it, it, it becomes like a kind of a peer pressure. Yeah. Well, and thing. you almost like, it's like, so the answer to like a classroom management problem is the offense. A good offense is a good defense, right? Like it, the best offense is the best defense instead of constantly feeling like, the best gosh, well, I'm having to like discipline my kids because they're not doing their transition yes. correctly. Instead, yes. if you practice them all the way, like you said, until they actually looked good and how they're supposed to, you wouldn't have a discipline problem. Yeah. And if you find that that is occurring, even in October, after oh, you gosh. feel like you've done this, then you stop and you do it again. I can't tell yeah. you how many times we would have to practice walking in line, which is a little silly because when you think about that, how realistic is that? 
even. How many times in our lives I, are we walking in line? I always so, just told my kids, always, it's a part of being respectful for the students at the school. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't need my line to be perfect, but I do expect you to be respectful. And being respectful in a hallway means you are quiet because there are people learning. Mm-hmm. And it also means walking one behind the other so we can share the sidewalk. Yeah. That's it. We That's don't, it. somebody shouldn't have to come off the sidewalk people. because you aren't staying in your spot. Like that real is real life. Like when we're walking on the sidewalk, yeah. there's space. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> if you stay on your side. Yes, you're so, right. That's but true. I, that's how I would always be like, I don't, I don't need the line to be perfect, but I do want you to be respectful. Yeah. And I think once kids understand, like, we're not just doing this because the teacher's being picky. There's a reason behind it. They feel like they want to kind of get behind it with you. And I love the idea of like teaching like those routines, because I feel like at the beginning of the year, that's the most important thing you should be teaching. But there is so much pressure on teachers to start curriculum. I know you're right, but you're hurting yourself when you do that. Every time I've tried to jump into content, I have, I have struggled with the, with my class. So I have to take that time. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't even care what the administrator says. Sorry, administrators, but you're going to have to just wait. I've got to get this class completely under control. We have to feel like a family. That's what what I would say. This is our classroom family and we're looking out for each other. We're building each other up. We care about one another. And the way that we are doing that is we want to give each other opportunity to learn and, and all the other things that are important. And I mean, just learn how to be a productive member of this family. Yes. I have the, I have this, this like setting your expectations and procedures things actually in my back to school packs, because I think it's that important. So it's, we talk about the, we talk about the procedures we want. I model them. Then I have the kids. I had, Oh yeah. That's a huge one. Have the kids do it. Like if you're having a behavior problem, they're running to line up. Yep. And that con have them act out. You could literally do one by one. how it would look to line up to the door and talk about why lining up at the door running is not okay in a classroom. It's not safe. You could get hurt and they'll, they're going to tell you, they know, you know, like even relating it to what that even means when you're doing that. Are you, are you in your mind thinking, me getting in the line is more important than all of the rest of you. And when well, you know like they that, are, because if you're line leader, you're king. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but like, when did you, you forget like what that, it's like to teach kindergarten first grade? Kids. Actually, no, but, but, when, but when you really have them the think same about it, fifth grade, they would all like run and like elbow each other. And I'm like, okay, first <laughs> off, you guys are big kids. Like it, we're all getting there at the same time, but it. Like you, I love that because that kind of like puts it back in perspective. Like it it does. It's like, you're not more important than anyone else. You're not leaving other people behind. Mm -hmm. I understand that you want to be at first. We all do, but that's why we have line leaders so that everyone gets gets a chance to be. If you have a line leader or a door holder, it doesn't matter who's first because it's always going to be them anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. And so then there is no running. I had a friend who I thought this was hilarious. She had a girl that did that all the time. She ran to the front every single time. And so one day she decided she was going to create a natural consequence. So she's like, all right, we're going to call her Bernataria. So we're going to call her Bernataria. I don't know where that name came from. So beautiful. Name. She, so it's like, all right, Bernataria, you are the line that you are ahead of the line. You have made it to the front. I mean, she made a big deal of it. She's like, this is great. You're going to stay right here. So no one gets your spot the entire time. So Bernataria is like, yeah, 
all right. So yeah, out like they go. Finally, now you're yep, getting it. You've recognized me. So now they go out. It's time for recess. And she's like, and Bernataria starts to go. And she's like, oh, no, no, Bernataria. We know how important the front of the line is for you. So you are going to stand at this front of the line so that you have your spot through this entire time. So when we line back up, you're ready to go. So Bernataria <laughs> had to stay at the front of the line during the entire recess. Now, I'm not a big proponent of taking recess, but I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, I think it's a creative what? way to kind of like yeah. give them what they want and say, I see you and I understand yep. you, but what you're doing is not. Yep. Come on. And you're kind of like calling yep. them out on it. You kind of are. <laughs> and it's like, all right, now if you want to race to the front, well, of course you can race to the front, but guess what happens when you yeah. do that? You got to stay dedicated to the stay. role, right? Yep. You got to stay there. And she would also say things like, I, um, I want you to be successful. It's so important for you to be successful. I'm going to find yeah. a spot right over here. This is your success spot. And so it was never like, go away from here, get away from the class. You're going to timeout. It was none of that. It was all because then they'd go home and say, I had to sit in a success spot. What do parents <laughs> say to that? Well, I just want to, you know, I was thinking of your child. I wanted them to feel successful. I so <laughs> I love success spots. It's like a totally reframing of, it is, of things. It is. And, it, you know, because I, one of the things I learned at later outside of the classroom was the reasons why children misbehave, yes. like why we have yes. these. And one of them is because they feel left out. So they, they feel left out and then we leave them out sometimes. And I am so yeah. guilty. I have done this because when kids have really made me mad, I'm like, go to so-and-so's classroom because oh, yeah. I need, well, to I will say there are times where and getting and away break, from me. Yeah, yeah. But a break <laughs> needs to happen. And that yes. is you saying like, I've reached a boundary. I have. I think it's right. okay to tell students like I need a break, and I'm. You need to. I need I a break. From, yeah. Yeah. Maybe saying I need a break from traumatic. When it's a traumatic response for kids, when kids have felt left out, or they feel they feel um like you're gonna like you're not they're not a part of something. They feel like yeah. that all the time anyway. So that just triggers a traumatic response. So it is a just a different something to think about as, yeah. as annoyed as you can be at kids and kids have, I mean, kids have made me annoyed for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have allowed them she's so to tired. send me over the edge, but I, I, I really think some of those things are important to think about. So they yeah. often do that because they feel left out. They do it because they feel incompetent. They, um, what are the other reasons? There's like five reasons. Uh, Brian Mendler is a great resource for behavior, for oh, behavior okay. issues. Yes, he's excellent. He is so, I, I was dying when I went into the media center. I was dying with fifth grade. Kindergarten and fifth grade were going to oh, be live. Yep. Everything I'd ever done before in my classroom was not working. I couldn't have a clip chart as a special area teacher. I didn't have four no. with these students because I was new to this school. I I had no, they thought I was going to leave. They all dealt with a lot of trauma and a lot of baggage and mm -hmm. they, and their number one way of responding was to push you back. They didn't believe that you would stick around for them. So they were going to push you away. It yeah. Was why spend time getting to know you? Hardest job I've ever had. And Brian Mendler was a huge help and whole brain teaching was another huge help. Okay, and I would yeah. watch these videos all the way to school, or I guess I wouldn't watch them. I'd listen to them all the way to school. <laughs> she was being safe, people. Don't yes. Worry. And all the way home. And it was an actual game changer. I did 
um, the scoreboard with classes. I oh, I hate the teacher scoreboard. I, I love that. No, I'm like, you, I don't you like the message of that tree. You're, you're playing. It's you're playing a game with the, with the kids. I like the game. I don't like that. The teachers and the kids are on opposing teams. We are well, not I, on the opposite. I, team. I do we understand that. I do understand that, but man, it was, I used like, to play, but instead against me, it would just, but I would give, they were getting points. And then, yeah, they would earn points or lose points. Uh-huh. That was it. We were all oh, on the same lo- they team. They didn't lose points. They never lo- lost points. I know. But like, instead of the teacher getting a point, okay. it would just be us and we would be the team and we would earn points. And, but we could lose points if we didn't oh, do it fast okay. or whatever. I like because I don't like the I don't idea like, that I agree with you. I don't like that message either that teams, we're, we're not. Team. We're but on the same team. You're my, I'm your coach and you're my team. Like, we're not going to be against each other. Like, I don't know. I love whole brain. I do. I I thought that score that saved me. That scoreboard saved me, but I, I just, I had fun with it. I was like, oh man, you got a point again. And oh um, yeah, you're beating me. And I, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I gotta, I'm going to be looking. Somebody has to talk or raise or talk without raising their hand or someone has to do whatever I need a point. And so I would like make a big deal out of it that. And then they would be like, we got you Miss Devery. And I'm like, yeah, you did. So I like thought that was fun, but I think you're right. Like thinking about it as being on the opposite teams, yeah, maybe that maybe that isn't a negative thing. So what can we do instead? I, I don't like I said, I would do like the points mm-hmm. thing where if we were earning points, I love like a classic teacher move is to write a word on the board and erase a word oh, or erase a letter yeah. each time. Like recess, we're gonna write recess, but every time you're not doing something, we're gonna I would switch that completely around, like, especially on like holidays where it's like crazy. Mm -hmm. And instead we would earn letters and then they could earn the prize. So for a perfect one for Halloween that works is that they would write like Halloween, but they would earn the letters instead of get them taken away. Mm -hmm. So like everybody came to carpet so quietly, here's your H, here's your A. And then at the end, the reward was they didn't have homework that night. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, the truth is, is like, I don't care that you didn't do your homework, but like, it feels really special, but like, also like it got them to want to work together towards a common goal and they would be really excited about it. Like, oh my gosh, we got another letter and I created a team build. Now, can you do that every day? No, because like most things overuse means it'll be no fun anymore. Right. Like we do it every day. Yeah. We're not going to have, could you do, um, could you do it every day? And maybe you were doing like the last five minutes of class was like makerspace or last 10 minutes of class. Yeah. Or like earn it through the week or something. I I mean, I I like to have immediate, like a shorter time frame to get Mm -hmm. a reward. So what I would do, they had to get, well, and I did do team points. I mean, I'm even thinking maybe I would. Oh, I love team. I think actually team points is an underutilized classroom management strategy. I thought that was like old. That was so helpful to me. Oh, I love that because it it helps create a classroom area teacher, but it worked in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, So I think, and I would do, but we would do 10 minutes of, I had multiple intelligence centers. That's how I mm-hmm. set it up at the end. So they everything was 
by your multiple by your intelligence, and then we would reflect on which intelligence was our strength and where we needed to stretch ourselves. And so they were they were called smart stations. I call them smart stations. So if you if you were going to get and what would happen if you didn't finish some work? Well, I, I've got to give you time to be successful, so you might have to miss some smart station time, and um, I'll and you can work you know, finish some yeah. other thing and the then the kids day. would finish everything. Isn't that amazing? And yes. Isn't that amazing? All of a sudden Even your kids who aren't finishing work, they'd finish all like, their work, but somehow they find it, it. Daily thing, which I also felt like they were still learning. It was a daily yeah. activity. It gave them something because I wasn't taking, I didn't, I, I wasn't taking recess. I know that Hyper, mm-hmm. like hyper kids need recess. A lot of kids with behavior issues need to move around. I was just hurting myself when I took recess, but it felt like I needed kind of something. You have to, yeah, you have to have something. Yeah. If you can't take away, if all they care about is recess and you can't take it away. You have to, there has to be a consequence. And, and I think like you did, a natural consequence makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And yours was a natural consequence. If our work doesn't get done, then we don't get to do the fun thing. So, and I know not every classroom has stuff like that, but it could be something, you know, small. Like I used to do tickets Mm -hmm. and the kids could earn tickets. And at the end of the day, I would pick tickets. Well, like if your work wasn't done, you wouldn't be sitting on the carpet. The only way you could get your name, if if I drew your name and you weren't on the carpet because your work wasn't done or whatever, you, Uh I would just put the ticket back in. It didn't hurt. You didn't lose your chance. It's just, yeah. So like all the kids would like, oh my gosh, come down and like be sitting like bated breath waiting for me. And I would usually pull five and they would get either like a dig at my treasure box or I did um, the classroom coupons that you could do. Um, well, they you, love those. Well, they, about, I, what about brag tags? I love those. Oh, I, see, I never got into brag tags, yeah, but I, I know. I love that. I think those I think so- I love the idea of that. I saw stickers that you could do like, they would do like you get a sticker wall and you would pull out stickers and get to put them on a, like on a binder. Like yeah. more than just like little smiley face stickers. We're talking like Sticker. water bottle stickers, like yes. real nice ones. Like, yeah. cause stickers are big right now. I like, I think that the thing that I like about brag tags is that you could focus on, on specific like citizenship or character. Yeah. You were work today. We're working and on, then they could earn work. that. Yes. Oh, and they can, yeah. and they can even suggest that for another student. And it goes up like on the wall and instead of being like a shame, well, it's, it's actually not, thing. it's not necessarily on a wall. They can keep it on a clip or they can keep it. They can keep it on a necklace, but sometimes they end up throwing the, you know, twisting oh, yeah, it around no, and they I would not put that. But on I didn't, I did I stopped the necklace, but they, I had them on a clip and then they would, could keep them in their pencil box. So they were collecting these different, you know, brag tags so that, that, you know, I'm really good at showing empathy or I'm really good at, you know, yeah. following directions quickly, or I'm, you know, whatever, whatever the what thing that we were focusing on, you could always go back. Like, you know, I'm going to reinforce, I don't know. Um, what's one that's not coming to my mind? Kindness, being kind to others. Oh yeah. Like going above and beyond. Anyway. All right. So let's, let's finish with what's your favorite. Oh, quick questions. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's quick your fire favorite teacher, um, your favorite behavior management tool, or what's the thing that you think is the most important? The most important thing in a classroom is relationship. Uh, and I hate it when people say that that's all you need. That's not true, but it is a building stone. Because if a, te- if a student knows that you truly care about them, not just as a student in their classroom, but as a person, they will have much more response to you on whatever else you do. But a relationship cannot be, is not enough. Do not tell me my classroom management strategy is, a, is relationship building. That is a great component. But in addition to that, it has to be clear, like 
routines and procedures with clear, like, like consequence and reward. And what I mean by, and actually really just consequence, there's positive and negative and they are clear because that students want to know that where they stand with you and they want to know that there's no gray area because with the gray area is where the bad stuff happens. That's where kids get in trouble. They slide around in there, you know, no, they need to know and understand that there's a clear boundary in this classroom. So to me, number one relationship, but number two, having really strong classroom procedures, (laughs) routines and procedures. That I use. Yeah. That's exactly what I would say. I think I know that people say, don't just tell me relationships, but I know that when you, when kids feel like you care about them, that you love them, when they love you, it's, it's totally different. It changes everything. It does. Well, and think, yeah. yeah. Think about like, even with your principal, you don't really like your principal and they're coming at you telling you, you need to do this thing. It's all about your less likely. Yeah. You're so much less likely to enjoy whatever it is they're telling you to do. But if you love your principal and think that your principal has your back, even if like, you're not their favorite, but like, you feel like they have your back. They care about you as a person. You're probably going to go to the ends of the earth to do things for that principal. Even if you don't want to do them, even if you don't want to, (laughs) no, I agree. And I think procedures and expectations are huge. And the only one thing that I would say is that about the consequences, like when we solely focus on consequences, like that punitive aspect of behavior, that's not going to give us long-term change. No. It's going to give us temporary temporary change, but it's not going to give us long-term behavior modification. And what is our goal? Like, that's the thing that I have to ask myself. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I know that people are like, oh, I need a consequence for, for this behavior. And I, I understand feeling like that, but I sometimes have to remind myself, what do I want in the end? I want, yeah. this child, I want to <laughs> change yeah. the child's behavior. I don't want yeah. them to constantly think about all the consequences for the things that they've done. There are consequences, obviously, but also I want a long-term change. Yeah. And that's why I was saying like consequences, like the natural consequences. Like if if I'm going to be, and I make a mess, I I get mad and I make a mess in the classroom. The consequence has to be, they have to clean it up. You made a mess. We're going to clean it up. I'll support you. I'll help you, but you're going to clean it up. We're not going to do this, you know? Like, so to me, it's more natural, those kind of consequences. Yes. Because that to me is very much life. I think that's a good way of like allowing, you know, people to to come back in when they have disrupted is like, that's one of the first steps is where I'm Mm going to have you clean this up. Yes. We're going to, we're going to make it better. That's what I would say. How can we make this better? What can we do to fix this? You can apologize. That's a great suggestion. Let's go apologize or whatever it is. Oh my gosh. This has been such a great chat. I agree. Fire teachers chatting about classroom management. Hopefully we gave some good strategies to use other than a clip chart. I just want to reiterate, we were not saying you should use a clip chart. We were just kind of talking about like this conundrum that is a clip chart and like some of those strategies that you could use instead. Mm -hmm. Um, But whatever you choose, you just need to make sure that you are relationship building and that you are using that tool or whatever to validity because it'll blow up in your face. Like it doesn't matter what you do. Clip chart, class dojo, brag tags. If you're not trying and using them, they're they're not going to work. They're just extra that you don't need. That's true. That's right. So all right. Until we two tired teachers signing off. Yeah, we are. We're two tired teachers signing off. (laughs) 